Chapter 9 of The Complete Works of Brand the Iconoclast, Volume 1, by William Cowper Brand. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter 9 Evolution or Revolution The Plutocrat and the Pauper for christ's sakes cap give me the price of a sandwich i stopped and surveyed the speaker not because the request was unusual but because the applicant for aid had not acquired the beggar's wine he was a large powerful man evidently a mechanic for every trade leaves its peculiar stamp upon its followers why should i give you a dime you're far more able to work than i a man with half your strength should be ashamed to beg work he retorted bitterly give me a job at anything and see if i do not prove myself a man but i have nothing for you to do huh. a dozen men have told me that to-day you sneer at me because i do not earn the bread i eat yet decline to give me an opportunity to do so i steered him against a lunch counter and watched him chisel desolation into a silver dollar then listened to his story one that i had heard a hundred times within the year thrown out of employment by the business depression he had tramped in search of work until he found himself penniless starving in the streets of a strange city he handed me a letter dated st louis written by his wife some of the words were misspelled and the bad chirography was blotted as if by falling tears but it breathed the spirit of a roman matron of a spartan mother both the children were ill she had obtained a little sewing and provided food and some medicine but two months rent was due and the landlord would turn them out unless it was promptly paid she would do the best she could and knew that her husband would do the same then through the blinding tears came a flash of nether fire transformed into respectable english it read were i a man i would not tramp from city to city begging employment only to be refused were i a man i would not see my babies starve while people are piling up millions of money which they can never need in this country there should be an opportunity for every man to make a living were i a man i would make an effort to release myself and my unhappy fellows from this brutal industrial bondage this chronic pauperism if it cost my life i have two sons whom god knows i do dearly love but i would consecrate them to the holy cause of human liberty if i knew they would perish on the scaffold i would rather see them die like dogs than live like slaves he sat a long time silent after returning the letter to his pocket then said as though speaking to himself i wonder if the rich people ever pause to reflect that there's a million brawny men in my condition to-night a million men who only lack a leader i wonder if they think we'll stand this kind of thing forever hm, don't talk to me about patriotism he interrupted fiercely no man can be a patriot on an empty stomach why should i care for the preservation of a government of for and by the plutocrat let it go to the devil across lots damn the flag beneath which a competent and industrious mechanic cannot make a living anarchy is anarchy worse than starvation 
when conditions become such that a working man is half the time an ill-fed serf and the other half a wretched vagabond he's ready for a change of any kind by any means i am supposed to be entitled to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness i have liberty to starve and i can pursue happiness or rainbows to my heart's content there is absolutely no law prohibiting my using the horns of the moon for a hat-rack if i feel so disposed end of letter the optimists who are depending on the conservatism of the american people to maintain intact our political and industrial systems who proclaim that the present too apparent spirit of unrest is but the ephemeral effect of a few professional agitators are of the same myopic brood as those french aristocrats who declared that all was well until the crust over the tartarian fires steadily eaten away from beneath steadily hammered upon from above gave way with a crash like the crack of doom and that fair land was transformed as if by infernal magic into a high flaming vortex of chaos engulfing all forms and formulas threatening the civilization of a world after us the deluge cried those court parasites who with more understanding than their fellows read aright the menay menay tekel ufarzen traced upon the walls of royalty this is from daniel five twenty five meaning numbered numbered weighed divided but the deluge waited not upon their convenience like another avatar of death gendered by pride in the womb of sin it burst forth to appall the world but the american multimillionaires mock at the deluge can in no wise understand how it were possible for the thin crust that holds in thrall the fierce gehenna fires to give way beneath their feet dance they upon it never so hard the american nation is trembling on the verge of an industrial revolution a revolution that is inevitable that will come peaceably if it can forcibly if it must so ripe are the american workingmen for revolt against the existing order of things so galled are they by the heavy yoke laid upon them so desperate have they become that it but needs a strong man to organize and lead them and our present industrial system perhaps our political also would crumble like an eggshell in the grip of an angry titan nor is the dissatisfaction confined to the industrial class the farmer that atlas upon whose broad shoulders the great world rests is in full sympathy with every attack made upon the cormorant by the commune while not ready for a revolution by force he would not take up arms in defence of the prescriptive rights of the plutocrat from the assaults of the proletariat yet the american press proclaims that all is well the able editor looks into his leather spectacles free trade or high tariff brand and with owl-like gravity announces that if the import tax on putty be increased somewhat or fiddle-strings be placed on the free list the american mechanic will have money to throw at the birds that mortgages and mendicanny will pass like a hideous nightmare and the farmer gaily bestride his sulky plough attired like unto solomon in all his glory what is wrong in god's name what is right here we have the most fertile land upon the globe the best supplied with all things necessary to a prosperous people 
our resources are not half developed there is no dearth of capital our working people are the most intelligent energetic and capable upon which the sun ever shone man for man the world never contained their equal their productive capability is the marvel even of this age of industrial miracles and yet with every nerve strained to its utmost tension toiling saving at very death grips with destiny they are sinking year by year deeper into the slough of despond into that most frightful of all gehennas the hell of want nor is this all while those who toil are but fighting a losing battle wearing out hand and heart and brain for a crust that becomes ever scantier ever more bitter there are thousands and tens of thousands who cannot even obtain the poor privilege of tramping in this brutal treadmill but must stand with folded arms and starve else beg or steal all this might be borne would be endured with heroic fortitude if such were the lot of all but while the opportunity to wear out one's strength for a bare existence is becoming ever more a privilege to be grateful for we are making millionaires by the hundreds while the many battle desperately for life the few are piling up fortunes beside which the famed wealth of ancient lydia's kings were but a beggar's patrimony the employer is becoming ever more an autocrat the employee ever more dependent on his good pleasure for the poor privilege of existing upon the earth to say that the conservatism of the american working man will cause him to patiently endure all this is to brand him a spiritless slave deserving not only slavery but the shackles and the knout he will not endure it much longer and when his patience reaches its utmost limit when he tires of filling his belly with the east wind supplied him in such plentitude by aspiring politicians and able editors look ye to see something break the problems for our statesmen to solve are first how to ensure to every person able and willing to work an opportunity to earn an honest livelihood second to effect a more equitable distribution of the wealth created among the factors engaged in its production all other problems now engaging the attention of publicists sink into insignificance beside these they are to practical statecraft what the immortality of the soul is to theology they must be solved at least some progress must be made in that direction or force will ere long attempt it the trouble with such convulsions is that they invariably produce temporary evil but do not always compensate it with permanent good they are a kind of social mania a patu racking the whole organism debilitating it good chiefly as frightful examples of what evil customs lead to to diagnose the disease and prescribe a remedy were no easy task there is infinitely more the matter than a maladjustment of the tariff inflated railway stocks or a dearth of white dollars it is a most difficult a wonderfully intricate problem one entirely without precedent the rapid development of america the still more remarkable advancement in the science of mechanics conjoined to a political organism not yet fully developed but half understood yet marking an epoch in man's social progress commercial customs of bygone days surviving in the midst of much that is new 
really when you come to think of it you may well wonder that we have got thus far without more than one great convulsion clearly it is no place for catholicons that a comparatively small class of men are absorbing the wealth of the country as fast as it is produced leaving to those who create it scarce a bare subsistence is patent to all that the vast body of the people clothed with political power and imbued with the spirit of equality will not permit such conditions to long continue any thoughtful man will concede even in european countries where the working people have come to regard privileged classes as a matter of course there are mutterings of a coming storm that will only gather fresh terrors by delay in europe the change will probably be wrought by revolution in america it may be achieved by peaceful evolution if the moneyed aristocracy does not with its checks and repressions with its corrupted judiciary purchased legislators and obsequious press drive a people already sorely vexed to unreasoning madness what shall we do we must avoid the two extremes that of the radical reformer and the apostle of laissez-faire we will find a middle course safest and best we need to proceed with caution but by no means with cowardice the politico-economic school that would at once change the existing order of things with as much sang-froid as a miller substitutes steam for water-power forgets that society is not a machine that it was not made to order like a newspaper editorial and that to attempt by a radical process to make it other than what it is to change its genius arbitrarily were as fatuous as trying to transform a wolf into a watchdog by a chemical process or surgical operation but while the radical reformer the man who would ignore the lessons of history and launch boldly out upon the tempestuous sea of experimentalism is one dangerous extreme we must remember that it is not the only one in avoiding scylla we must not forget charybdis if we are to look ever to the past to make no experiments to become the bond slaves of precedent then progress is at an end and society must petrify retrograde or consume itself in fierce fire whirlwinds when the american people emancipate themselves from party slavery than which there is nothing more debasing when they cease to fight the battles of ambitious place-hunters and begin in true earnest to fight their own then and not till then will the faults of our social organism be rapidly reduced to the minimum when the common people of this country decline to be divided into two or more hostile camps by issues carefully concocted by political harlequins then will the combined wisdom purified of partisan prejudice evolve the best possible national polity how many of the hard-working people of this nation who are now assiduously assailing or defending the dogma of protection or free trade or any other of the many issues evolved from time to time by professional politicians as a kind of pegasus upon which they fondly hope to ride into power ever carefully considered the question in all its bearings studied it from a national sectional or even individual standpoint questions upon which adam smith and august comte 
jefferson and hamilton disagreed are settled by the dicta of a partisan convention composed chiefly of political hacks and irresponsible hoodlums with less trouble than a colored wench selects a calico gown the american people as p t barnum long ago pointed out have a weakness for humbugs they are the natural prey of the charlatan and in nothing more so than in matters political despite their boasted intelligence they will follow with a trust that partakes of the pathetic the mountebank who can perform the most sleight-of-hand tricks the demagogue who can make the most noise they think but are too busy or indifferent to think deeply to reason closely they jump at conclusions assert their correctness stubbornly and prove the courage of their convictions by their ballots they demonstrate their independence by choosing their political fetish their confidence in the infallibility of their judgment by worshipping it blindly herein lies the chief danger danger that the american workingmen will follow this or that ignus fatus hoping thereby to find a shorter northwest passage to impossible spice islands until poverty has degraded him from a self-respecting sovereign into a volcanic sans-culotte until he loses hope of bettering his condition by whereases resolutions trades unions acts of congress etc and like another blind and desperate samson lays his brawny hands upon the pillars of the temple and pulls it down about his ears end of chapter nine evolution or revolution